What is this button? What's that mean? What I don't does know. Say? Power. It means that it is on. <laughs> Welcome to No Clip. I'm Chad Rutherman's. And I'm Andy Kinnick. And today, we're going to be talking about Pyre. Pyre is a game that was released in 2017 and was developed and published by Supergiant Games. So, Pyre uh, is... It's a game that looks like it's going to be hard to describe, but really is not that hard to describe. Um, I didn't know shit at all about it uh, mm-hmm. before we played it. And so my take on it is more that it is a... It feels more like an RPG than I expected it to, but more in the Banner Saga type way as opposed to like a regular like turn-based or action rpg yeah i i've seen this described as an rpg and i kind of disagree with that um because i think it it feels like it has more in common which is like all modern games now that have like a skill tree and let you level up Mm -hmm. more so than it actually feels like an rpg like you do have a team of characters that you level up so I see where the comparison comes from. Like, to me, I would describe this as a half-visual novel, half-fantasy sports game. <laughs> like, the, the fact, like, the leveling up system doesn't really factor into it as much as far as I see it. It's, yeah, the, the, in most RPGs, the stats that you level up tend to affect things such as, like, damage, and damage as it is, uh, you know, used in this game as glory, um, like the amount that you deal to your opponent's pyre is one very seldom changing, and two is uh, how do I describe this? Is like not affected by a lot of things, and also isn't as relevant as damaging mm-hmm. attacks in a game normally are. Yeah, the stuff you get through like level up feel more like power ups almost, and like it feels like you could easily take all that stuff out mm-hmm. and just play it without. Uh, just the vanilla like skill sets and it would function just fine like all the stuff you get just feels like additive yeah and i agree with that for the most part a lot of where i compare it to rpgs is the character interaction the fact that you are trying to make choices based on the characters that they put in front of you Mm -hmm. um which once again is actually not really a part of of what people consider like traditional rpgs these days it feels very fire emblem yeah it, it it has that flow to it as well, where your combat and your other stuff are extremely separated. And by combat, I, of course, mean the rights, mm-hmm. uh, which we will get into in a bit. Uh, I do want to say that this isn't saying a whole lot, <laughs> but this is my favorite Supergiant game that I've played. Um, and I realize that I'm in the minority on that, uh, because, you know, Pyre and Transistor and uh, Bastion are all really highly celebrated games. But Bastion and Transistor really didn't do all that much for me. Uh, mm-hmm. We talked about Transistor early on, and I will say that I'm, I want to say, more eloquent now than I was back then. Mm-hmm. Um, and my opinion isn't as well-versed as it could have been. But I think I hold true to my overall takeaway where the game is cool. The game looks good, um, but mechanically it left me la- like feeling like there was something missing. Mm-hmm. 
and uh this game does not do that this game feels like it really i felt like i the the parts i like the least of this game were actually not the rights parts of it um but i still liked them it was just in a lesser to a lesser degree Mm -hmm. i'm on the fence whether i like this or transistor more um as you said, we played Transistor early on, so I really feel like I need to replay it because I feel like I kind of rushed through it mm-hmm. when I played it initially. Because back when we used to play games in like a shorter time span, yeah. Um, but and I've never played Bastion, so I can't comment on that. But I felt like this had very opposite strengths and weaknesses when compared to Transistor. Like with Transistor, I actually really liked the gameplay and i really wanted to like the world and stuff but i felt like it was a little bit too vague and Mm -hmm. made you work too hard to connect with that stuff whereas this is kind of the opposite where i felt like all the visual novel stuff like the world building and all was like really cool and really drew me in and the gameplay while i still liked it a lot like wasn't the part that was like pulling me through it right which is like the opposite of what transistor was for me I can see that. And it really does depend on, like, personal preference here. Mm -hmm. Like, in a lot of ways, like, if you just put the two games side by side for me, like, I would pick Transistor 10 times out of 10 based nothing on, like, how they play or or what the games are. Uh Transistor just looks cooler. Oh, yeah. yeah. All three of the games look really great. Yeah. Uh, But Pyre combines that with uh, the fact that I actually enjoyed the, the gameplay quite a bit, that it ended up being more of a holistic experience for me and really pulled me through it uh it 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 does a really good job of developing its characters in a way that and it's the weight of the plot that pulls it uh Mm -hmm. because you could not give a shit about the characters there are a few of them that make it kind of easy not to care about like bertrude and gilman like i feel like their plot lines are sort of very internal like, they don't interact with a lot of people in a way that is meaningful mm-hmm. to the larger story. Yeah, I felt like Gilman had kind of like a like a puppy dog kind of thing about him <laughs> for me, where he was just so, like, go get him and positive about everything. Yeah. And I was just kind of, like, wanted to, like, liberate him. He's like, uh, uh, was Rocket from uh, Ghost Trek? A little bit. Yeah, he's just very enthusiastic. Yeah. Uh not nearly as one note, but pretty close to yeah. <laughs> he's two note. He's a two note character. Uh, yeah, I don't it know. Was missile, missile. That was. Yeah, it. I was like, yeah. I know Rocket's not right. But... <laughs> uh, I don't know where to begin with this, honestly. Yeah, it's kind of hard to to narrow in on something. Um, like, I guess just start with something at the top of my notes. Um, uh, the visual novel element was something that I was completely unaware of. Mm. Any talk I'd heard of this game was all about the fantasy sports side of it. Um, And I I was just really pleasantly surprised, like, what the game world was like. Like, the the world map was super cool. And, like, all the presentation and other elements that were not the rights... Right. was a complete surprise to me and i just really liked what was there it was really unexpected and like different from transistor yeah i, like, think... I didn't know what to expect that, no that's totally fair i i didn't know that this game was like this either i will say that similarly to why i will never be able to get into a banner saga game i grew pretty tired of it 
Oh yeah. I, yeah, like as the game the, the the game I think understands this as well that like you can make a coin flip choice between two things oh so many times before it no longer it's it you start to see it as a coin flip mm-hmm. and we'll just start clicking on whatever you want to uh without giving it too much thought and it picks up the pace of things near the end mm-hmm. um and by near the end i mean at like the halfway point but i was enjoying it for the intro uh like the the beginning chapter like the part before the very first liberation right uh, there's a ton of dialogue. There's a ton of character introduction. Uh, the rights move a little bit slower. All the they're easier to play, and uh, your choices feel like they mean more. And I was digging it. I was super into it. Uh, but then after the first liberation right, and then like especially a couple in, it became sort of tedious i felt like there was a lot of talking in between uh, a lot of pages of that book and i was diligently reading them for so long like it wasn't until the last like <laughs> four hours of this game that i just stopped reading the the text as mm. it came across i think i read the first time and then never ever read any of the pages <laughs> ever again the the book i want to shout out the book not not to like shade you for not reading because it's a lot of text oh yeah um but I, I do want to shout out the book right now because I don't necessarily know that it's going to come up very much afterward because they do a good job of writing the different authors with different voices. Mm-hmm. And it's it's neat. It's a cool thing that that is included for people who want more of it. And I was into it for a little while. And then when I started to not be as into it, I stopped reading it. So yeah. And it's not necessary, so, like, it's good. Uh, Volfred kind of, like, makes you feel bad about not reading it, because he'll ask you questions be yeah. like, what do you think about this? And you're like, I didn't read it. Uh-oh. Yeah, that never made me feel bad, because I never liked Sandalwood as a character at all. Good. But um, I felt like they never did anything with him, but we'll get into characters later, I imagine. Yeah. Um, But now, like, we've talked about this on the cast before, but... um. It's really hard to add, I think, like a codex or like a, like RPGs have like quest logs with all a bunch of text and things in them. It's really hard to implement that in a way that's going to interest the player because mm-hmm. in order to stop and read it, you have to stop playing the game and sit there and read. Like they're just not very connected. Right. Um, so there, it's there for like very specific kinds of people. But uh, Sandalwood didn't make me feel guilty for not reading it. But like... <laughs> The game, like, I think it does a really good job with world building. Like, it's paced out in at such a way, and it doesn't just dump a bunch of stuff on you. It, like, makes you organically, makes you curious. So it made me want to read the book, but I also wanted to be playing the game. <laughs> so I ended up not reading it, but feeling like I wished that I would have. Yeah. I mean, and the moment-to-moment plot, like, because the biggest element of this game's story is Wolfred Sandalwood and his plan. Like, you perform the rites to get to the liberation rites, and then they give you a reason for that by making the goal to be to liberate enough people to accomplish this, like, rebellion. And it's it, that is, like, the moment-to-moment, and it's very present day, and they separate the book pages into its lore, its background. Like, it's... Uh, the story of the sages and the titans and all these things that you hear oblique references to or sometimes fight under the corpses of. Uh, And it's cool 
and it's nice that it's there, but it's not necessary. And that's that is a good way of doing it, even mm-hmm. if the overall goal is something that's like almost impossible to appeal to everybody. Yeah, and I really like that it's left up to like like it's a mystery. Like you get a little bit of context from the actual plot about like what all these like giant titan mm-hmm. uh corpses are. And then the book reinforces that by showing you, like, here, there's information about it. So even if I don't sit and read it, like, it just, it it gives it more of, like, a realistic presence in the world. Like, you know that it has a history. Yeah. You know, so it just, it fleshes it out, I think, and makes it feel more, like, uh, realized, even if you don't engage with the lore. Right. Yeah, and I don't know. I do. I like it. That was my shout out. I think was for the book. Yeah. I think the only other thing that I want to shout out that I don't think is going to get a lot of uh, press is the voice. The voice actor for the voice is mm-hmm. so fucking good, and has also made me name the main character Rita, because <laughs> when he says reader, it oh, kind of sounds Rita. like Rita, and I chose to play as a female character, so my character yeah. was Rita the reader. Uh, it, um. <laughs> Did you you have played Bastion? Yeah. Is it the same narrator from that game? Because I know people like talked about the narrator in Bastion a lot, and I know they like to reuse voice talent. Yeah. Um, God, I think so. But honestly, it's been since like 2010 since I've played Bastion. Mm-hmm. That's gonna sound stupid if that isn't when the game came out. But it was like <laughs> around that time. Sure. Like early 2010s. Uh, and I haven't gone back to it since, so maybe. Uh, I was just curious. Yeah, but he was very good in this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, he strikes a nice balance between like sports commentator and like aristocrat or something. <laughs> like it's it fits the the setting of the game really well. God, I wonder if there is a build of this game where he did color commentary. Like, occasionally he comes in and is like, grasp the orb! And it's great, and I love it. But if he, like, play-by-play the whole match, it would be hysterical. Like, I would laugh my fucking ass off. It definitely would get obnoxious, though. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's part of what it would make it so funny. I really like later in the game, there's a match where he says, that he's just not gonna commentate it mm-hmm. uh, when you when you fight the the real Nightwings hashtag real Nightwings. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he he says like oh I can't do this this is ridiculous this is against the rules mm-hmm. I can't I can't I can't it, abide this I can't abide this and he just like pieces out and then literally all of his voice clips are cut out for mm-hmm. that match which is really cool and like you. It, it's more significant than you initially think, like all his little voice clips. Yeah. And like once they're gone, you're like, oh, that's neat. That might... well, yeah, and then they give him like a uh, an illustration, like a representation of him uh-huh. uh, as like this big overbearing, like white, uh, looks like the fucking Grand Abolisher. Like he's a big giant thing. Uh, and it's just, it's very cool. And like the presentation of it, the fact that he can communicate with you outside of the communicate you, the fact that he can communicate with you outside of the rights uh, is, is cool as well. It gives him more of an important role than you would ever have guessed. Oh yeah. And he's, he was one of the, uh, the true night, true, true night wings. Yeah. So he, yeah, he, he's not just a disembodied voice, right? which is cool. Uh, and he antagonizes you too. Like he doesn't like you, mm-hmm. which is adds a fun dynamic, I think. Yeah, because he has like I assume 
it's implied there are a couple of like weird contradictory elements that i'm not sure if i just didn't read into enough to figure out the meaning of Mm -hmm. but one of them is that it's implied that he doesn't remember his time in exile like as part of his job like he just sort of does this thing Mm -hmm. uh and but he hates volfred yeah he knows and he knows him and he specifically dislikes him uh I wish that there's a sequence where he comes and speaks to you in a dream and says that there is a traitor among the Nightwings. And my initial thought was he meant a traitor to the purpose of the Nightwings Mm -hmm. as opposed to a traitor to the Commonwealth. And the fact that that is what it actually was, like he was just talking about Volfred, is I... There is a part of me that wanted there to be like a bad choice you could make in this. No, yeah, I agree. It makes it seem like there's a party in your t- on your team, mm-hmm. like who's going to try and sabotage you or, or something, and that's not the case. Right. So yeah, I agree. That's misleading. I don't know if intentionally because it's I don't know. It's confusing the way yeah. that that's executed. So yeah, I had similar. Uh, friction with that. <laughs> we were talking. Okay, so we were talking a little bit about uh, the plot of the game, and uh, like we said, we'd come back to characters, but let's just do that. Uh, the way that the characters sort of like interact and form friendships. I think the game is a little bit too happy. Uh, like as far as like character interactions go, mm-hmm. there are a couple of characters who bring tension, and I appreciate them a lot. Like uh, Pamitha. Uh, and her sister, and then everyone else versus Pamitha as well, mm-hmm. is, I think, great. Like, I think that her character adds a ton to the interpersonal stuff. I agree. And I wish that um, my initial thought when uh, Faye, or the stowaway, or whatever you call her, the mm-hmm. moon-touched, whatever, <laughs> um, I-, I thought she was going to be more of a wild card that would, like... You know, like, you'd have to, like, watch after or she might do some crazy shit. Right. Uh, kind of a thing, but that doesn't really happen. Like, there, it does feel like they could have done more with that stuff. And, like, Rookie also seemed like the kind of character that would have gotten up to something, when, you know, like, behind your back. And then you'd have to, like, get him out of it or things like that. Yeah. It just seems like there aren't a lot of... And, I mean, I guess I kind of understand it because the game, with the exception of two slightly misguided minigame segments uh feel like it it, it feels like there's not a lot of like danger that you can interact with Mm -hmm. like they imply danger and people like get sick and you have to keep moving and all this stuff but nothing really ever happens happens uh so it doesn't like it doesn't behoove the game to try and insert like weird situations where people could get like uh actually endangered i guess Mm -hmm. but i don't know i feel like there just could have been more conflict within the team yeah no i agree um there are yeah there's plenty of scenarios like where like you said those coin flips about like where to go like whoever you don't pick could like get pissed (laughs) off about it and argue uh, with the other people, which happens a little bit mm-hmm. early on where, like, someone will get, like, minus stats because you didn't pick their thing and it, something went wrong and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Uh, but those are very far and few between. 
And uh, and there's like one where I like cursed a guy. Like there was like a <laughs> specter on the road, and it was like if you accept its offer, it will like injure the opposing team's leader, and then his stats will go down. And I was like, hell yeah! Hopefully later it comes back and like fucks with me as like a karmic retribution thing. Uh-huh. But it never does. Like it just happens and is good for you. <laughs> like yeah. that doesn't feel like something that should be positive, right? It's a. Uh... Yeah, I think it's about how, like, the game is structured. You don't get a lot of, like, all the time, like, you have, most of the time is dedicated to the rights or the time in between where, like, you can go into the wagon and talk mm-hmm. to people. And, like, the time on the road is very, like, shallow. And I feel like that's the kind of stuff that could have gotten fleshed out. Yeah. Like, more downtime with the characters and, like, different scenarios and things. And, like, they even could have um, introduced more time spent with characters that aren't on your team, Mm -hmm. uh, which I think would have enhanced the game a lot. I needed more Falcon Ron content. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) More Barker. Yeah, Barker. In in your life. The Barker was great. Uh, (laughs) But, and that's, and really, like, that's where I draw the line as far as, like, negative narrative stuff that I have. Because immediately I wanted to be like, but the character interaction parts are actually really deep. Like, there's a lot of depth there. Um, Like, depending on who you keep around and, like, who plays with who and who does all this other stuff, like, you get these little dialogue things. And it really feels like they're progressing individual stories um gilman once again i don't understand what his story was or how it like shook out i never ended up sending him home Mm -hmm. so i like we can get to that at some point but uh like jodario feels like she goes through actual growth pamitha feels like she goes through actual growth rookie has like as much growth as his character allows for where he has a debt and it is forgiven uh, like all of these characters have all of these things that they can like subtly interact with. I had like a thing that I decided to go for in my game where Faye became friends with the dog man, <laughs> Dalbert, uh-huh. uh, from the, uh, I don't even remember the name of the team. Uh, and like I, they have this interaction. And so in the next liberation, right. I, uh, like, chose to forfeit it to let him go free. Mm-hmm. And then in the ending that I got, because I also let Faye out, they, like, get together on the other side. And, like, he mo- starts, like, he goes along with Volford's plan when, like, the revolutionaries, like, show themselves. So, mm-hmm. like, there's a lot. I'm very curious as to, like, what some of the things you can like put together like if you free igneous do he and uh and jodario like become a couple like does freeing the manly tree man become like a fucking catastrophe for the revolution like Man- manly tinder stuff yeah <laughs> manly tinder stuff cousin of Guybrush three point <laughs> man man come three three good yeah seep good that yeah. was it yeah no, yeah, I totally agree. I feel like, like I wanted to know what would shake out with uh, Pamitha and Tamitha's story. Like, mm-hmm. it seemed like there was a lot going on there. But, so I do want to praise that. There's a, It feels like there's meaningful choices, and I was always curious. Like, it makes me want to replay it. 
Um, but I do want to lobby the criticism that the tension, like, I feel like this game would have benefited a lot from increasing the tension with, do I focus on liberating my team or do I show sympathy to the other teams and forfeit to let them go? Because to me, it was always a non-choice where... Mm -hmm as I was implying, you don't spend like any time with the characters from the other teams. So it was always just like, well, I'm kind of curious what would happen if I let uh, Tamitha go because Pamitha feels guilty right. that her sister's here because of her. But Tamitha's only ever been a bitch to me. <laughs> so I'm not going to throw the match to liberate her, you know? And like, so I never felt like there was a reason to care about the other characters outside of, the poor dog and his adopted son yeah that you feel bad for because they're sad poor people <laughs> <laughs> well i mean there's them i think igneous is a is a sympathetic character as well yeah, i didn't I, interact a whole lot with him me neither yeah but he and jadariel do have like a moment there's a point where they like go for a drink together mm. in the fucking underdark or the downside <laughs> yeah uh and yeah, because you you let because I don't know what like headwinds shit is yeah, or it, what Tezos are because I let them go really early. Yeah, I let Joe Dariel go first, mm-hmm. so that did not happen for in my uh, story. Yeah, and that that lends to how sympathetic that character is. Like you really don't give a shit about him. Oh no, he did like nothing. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, oh fuck, who else? Um, uh, what is his name? The like. The, the the antagonist like the oh, the true yeah. nightwing guy i uh, i can't remember yeah sh- it feels like i should remember but i don't yeah i did feel tension there like but once again he was only ever an asshole yeah so i was like well fuck him <laughs> i'm curious like, about was, a lot of these choices. i was curious yeah. like what would happen if i let him go but then i would i knew it would be a thing where i would be like oh I, I wish I would have just let one of my friends who go I instead. like go instead. Yeah. So that's what I always did. The yeah. Nightwings went undefeated 2020 in my playthrough. So, uh, Yeah, I took two losses. One, like, legitimate loss and one that was, uh, like, a throne game. But it it does feel like you want to... Because, yeah, like I said, I did it one time, and the you get very little information during the game, like what is going on because nothing is going on because it's a video game, Uh but (laughs) like of how things are going to play out, like at the end, depending on who you choose to set free. So yeah. And you end up with a limited amount and you don't find that out till you're like over halfway through. Right. Which definitely would have affected my decision-making. Yeah. And so I, I did it to do something interesting more than I did it for no. like yeah I totally narrative feel that. reasons yeah. yeah, but it was cool. I'm glad that I did, and I'm glad that they have stuff prepared for that. Like it yeah. isn't just a random occurrence. Yeah, and I like that you could lose every game, mm-hmm. and like you never like, and it's just canon yeah. and stuff <laughs> in the world changes to reflect that it, it you never like lose a match and it's a game over and you have to do it again right like you could throw every match if you wanted to to see what happens and the game keeps going i think that's really cool yeah very good decision making there and it makes it feel less it makes the harder difficulties feel less daunting mm-hmm. because it's not 
it, like sure like going some number of wins in uh like true nightwing mode is going to be like the more rewarding experience but the game also doesn't just like cut you off if you fuck up too much mm-hmm. uh i don't know it's just a cool decision i think um what the fuck oh uh so i had one additional person have to stay on the downside at the end of the game who were the people that you left behind uh, so myself, okay, um, Sandalwood and Bertrude were the ones that were left. Okay, who did you nominate as your uh, final liberation? Right, Pamatha was Pamatha. the last one I let go. Yeah, yeah. I I am actually really happy with the characters that I left in the downside. Mm-hmm. Um, it was me once again. I would have chosen me uh, if I was role playing this as Chad right. and not as an old cripple. Uh, which is like i didn't see much point yep once again kind of a non-decision because i am me Mm -hmm. and i can turn the game off and not be stuck in the downside forever yeah so i don't feel bad about leaving the reader in the downside yeah so it was me bertrude uh pamitha and gilman Mm. and uh, to me that makes sense because they uh like all of them have connections in the downside and can just sort of like deal with it gilman maybe not so much because yeah. like his one like his his ending if you leave him in the downside is like <laughs> gilman swims a lot <laughs> no it's pretty happy still like he uh because the game doesn't really have bad endings for anybody other than fucking uh asgore whatever the fuck the uh the <laughs> the main demon guy yeah uh who kills himself yep. um which is great love that uh <laughs> I mean, it feels like it's true to the character. Uh, yeah, to some extent. Uh, but, uh, yeah, like, his his ending is, like, he realizes that honor is a journey that you take, and so he is dedicated to, like, bettering himself, though doesn't want to be in any conflicts anymore, that kind of a shit. Mm. Uh, yeah, I wish I wouldn't have liberated Tizo. That's, like, the one thing I would have done differently, given that he is a creature that is of the downside, like the, his species is native to it. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't have felt bad about him staying. <laughs> like, I, true, I, yeah. I don't really regret liberating him because he's cool. Uh, but if, if knowing the way it shakes out, I would have kept him and like liberated somebody else in his place. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Cause I sent Tizo back. Now we're going to talk a little bit mechanically about this. I sent Tizo back first, not, because I didn't like him, uh, or because I liked him a whole lot, it was really just he fell in a middle ground where the characters I could liberate, I liked playing too much, and the characters that I didn't like playing as much weren't worthy yet. Mm. So I, I was like, I guess Tizo goes. <laughs> and yeah. so I just shooed him off to the uh, I mean, to the other yeah, side. Yeah, that's how it worked for me, too. Like He was like maybe the second or third one that I liberated for the mm-hmm. exact same reason. It sucked, too, because when uh, the last fight in the game, uh, which I admit I didn't have that much of a struggle with, mm-hmm. but you really need to know the imp moveset, and because I hadn't used Tizo in so long, I was like, I didn't know what the fuck was going yep. on. The explosion always caught me off guard. It's so tricky. Yep. The reason I asked this, like, why, like who you nominated and who gets it free and all that mm-hmm. shit, 
is the last person that I chose, largely for narrative reasons, was Volfred to send him back. Mm-hmm. And I know you don't like Volfred, and I know that you didn't think they would do they they didn't do much with him. Mm-hmm. I agree with that, but I was like so hoping the whole time that I was just wrong and that setting him free would be like the worst decision. Uh, like I, I was hoping that him going back and then his revolution happening would somehow make things worse. Like he becomes like power hungry or something. Yeah. And it didn't do that. Like he created basically like a weird political paradise. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh damn. Like, <laughs> yeah. Cause like he's introduced as like a figure in the shadows. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, because I'm me, I thought he was going to be the antagonist of the game. Yeah. Uh, whenever there is like a like mysterious uh, mentor character, like they they uh, a lot of the time it's like a trope. Like they'll be they'll be evil in some way. Um, but uh, you meet him like a I don't remember exactly when in the story. Like and he joins your group, and then he only ever is just like <laughs> distance and only says like quest giving things like we need to go here and we need to go there and do this and he's very dry and he has like no personality so like it was pretty it wasn't was not long after i got him that i decided that he was just going to be somebody that i didn't liberate (laughs) if it came down to it like i was like i don't care about him Mm -hmm. i mean that's fair i also uh... Uh, the more that I played and realized that, like, he was, in fact, like, an altruistic tree man mm-hmm. made me like the character less and less as it went on. But at the same time, when it came down to it, uh, I decided to liberate him because I genuinely, well, like, as lame as it sounds, I was like, I really want to, like, think about this. Yeah. When but, you send him back and not just for gameplay. Like, Yeah, he, he seemed like, he always... Uh... He was ar- like already able to easily communicate with uh, the Commonwealth yeah. from the downside, so I was like, he's he's fine down here. <laughs> like, I'd okay. much rather let Pamitha go free. I was all set about letting Pamitha go free until she took off the hat, and I was like, God, that haircut is so bad. <laughs> That was one of my favorite interactions. I think it's Rookie is like, why you're always wearing that hat? <laughs> I thought that was great. Man, I was like, so I didn't realize that Dalbert was adopted. Uh, okay, yeah. I thought that he was a human cur hybrid. And I, when Rookie and Pamitha start talking, I was like, don't do this. <laughs> Super giant, please. I, do, I cannot. Interspecies romance. <laughs> well, I think like the way that they, because I liberated them both. Did you? Who? Pamitha and Rookie. No, I left Pamitha in the okay. downside. They do have like a thing where it's like they would always meet up for drinks and like they were great friends after they got out. Like, I think there was kind of a romantic like spark there. Yeah, some fucking winged dogs yeah, are going to start showing yeah. up. If there was a novelization of Pyre and they fleshed out a romance between the two of them, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. I would be disappointed, but I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, then there's even like a... a so it, it's really unclear the way that it's written. I think it's it's written because Faye just had more important shit to do. Mm-hmm. Uh but in Downward's side in the post credits, like where are they now sequence, mm-hmm. uh, 
it talks about how he met up with Faye and that they would, quote, ensure that the uh, dog name, I forget what their surname is, uh-huh. uh, clan would continue for further generations, implying that he had kids with her. Yeah. And one, thinking that he was a weird hybrid, really like made me question sort of like what was going on there. Um, and I wouldn't, obviously, if they were less like dogs, like the courage is literally dogs. Uh-huh. <laughs> and that thought grosses me out a little bit. Uh, but the on Faye's side, it doesn't necessarily say it, but there are definitely several like canonical romances that you can like push along as mm-hmm. far as the game goes. So I don't know. It, it's, it's obviously not focused on it. And I think yeah. that's a good idea. So while we're on this subject, um, Sandra, mm-hmm. uh, like who gives the scribe challenges, the unseeing, the unseeing. Did you get like a strong romantic vibe from her? Like with the, <laughs> with the player character? No. Oh, I did. Okay. Like there's the sequence where like before one of the last couple of, uh, rights that you do the the orb like summons you like it has the dots on the wagon and you go and it's like sandra wants to speak to you okay uh it or it says yeah like it's like the the crystal is calling for the reader or whatever uh and you go in and you talk to her and she gives this big long speech about how she wants you to take the crystal with you because she likes talking to you and she goes like on this whole big explanation, and it feels like a scene in a, like a romantic comedy, where <laughs> one character is confessing their love for the other, mm-hmm. and the other one will just like you know cut it off with a kiss, you know, like you know, right, right. you talk too much, and then just plant a big kiss on him. Right, like the scene felt like it was thick with romantic tension. <laughs> uh, I okay, so. Uh, first of all, I played as a fem- uh, like a female protag. I don't know if that would have changed yeah, it. I thought that was weird that the protagonist is just female, like by default. Yeah, by do because you can choose to change it on the first. Oh, can you? Yeah. Okay. I didn't even right, know so that. That I made an actual choice to oh. play as Rita, uh, but the if you like, because the words are highlighted. Uh-huh. If you hover over the one that says like she at the very beginning, oh. you can change it to. Either. I didn't even notice that. And I feel like that's a danger of this UI implementation. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But yeah, you can in fact yeah. change it. Well, like, then never on. mind. I was gonna say I think I thought it was weird to make it a female character since it's just like a an, audience surrogate. Thing. Yeah, a nameless, faceless, voiceless yeah. character. Uh. But yeah, the, so, okay, so obviously that didn't change it. I think what it is is, one, I didn't do all the scribe trials. Oh, really? Because I sent Tizo back before he was oh, summoned. Oh, right. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, so I was upset about that, personally, because uh, I didn't get to uh, do that, which may have been what triggered it, but also I never spoke to Chandra. Oh, really? To, to whatever sandra sandra yeah she in has between. She, oh yeah she has this whole big thing where you if you go and you check up on her she'll be like real happy about it at first because she's like i go like hundreds of years without seeing anybody and blah 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 yeah. existential crisis stuff um and then if you, you keep doing it she gets like upset because she thinks that like you're like she doesn't want to get too attached to you and get used to this and have it be taken away and then you have to keep doing it and then she gets like real affectionate towards you this is what you did instead of reading the book basically yeah because i would read the book and ignore the crystal i was yeah i was very much like curious about her character Mm. 
I don't know why I wasn't. I think it was like the amount of time between the first time I played the game and the second time where she was introduced and then I forgot about her and mm. then I just continued to forget about her. Uh, I love that the name of the like people who are trapped in the orb are called the Beyonders. Yeah. It's like a, a wild fucking like name and is also like a, a superhero team. Also. No, it, it sounds like a, like an old sci-fi novel or mm-hmm. something like the Beyonders is, or like an old, like uh like sci-fi movie or something. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I do. Yeah, no, I love it. And I love like the whole idea of it as well. And I get probably because I didn't spend a lot of time with it the uh her like post credits thing mm. i was surprised to see her on there for the first part because oh, i didn't yeah. see her as a big character yeah because when when i interacted with her she was like it said a bunch of stuff about her and then she shows up to talk to you during it because oh, you shit. have the crystal and she's okay. like they got everything wrong like because <laughs> like because they're like we don't know her whereabouts people say that she didn't exist some people were like nah we totally saw her and uh, and then she's just like, ah, oh, they get they, everything was wrong about what they said about us, et cetera, et cetera. That's wild. Yeah, yeah, I didn't get that at all because I was so focused on not talking to her. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, th- th- it's hopeful in in the regular one because like uh, Bertrude talks about how like after you know eight hundred years of being trapped in the in the crystal, the enchantment would have worn off. And they probably went free. Yeah, S- Sandra says that that probably happens to most people, but she's been in there so long that she thinks that it won't affect her through some kind of in-game uh, mumbo jumbo. Mumbo jumbo. Yeah. So yeah, that's why she asked you to take your take her with you. Okay. So, well, so not as helpful. No, Basically, yeah. she's stuck in that yeah, wagon forever. for the rest of her life. Yeah. Cool. Yep. So you doomed her to a uh, black mirror uh existence uh well i don't feel too bad about it i guess (laughs) we getting close to break time i was thinking i was gonna ask you if you want to take a break i wasn't sure Uh, sure all right do you want to take a break yes no say nothing yes all right yes yes (laughs) yes yes hover over the yes button to get more context (laughs) yeah a word used to uh express confirmation (laughs) Yes, I will do that. Welcome back. Uh, we didn't talk about playing the rights at all on the first half. Nope. Uh, and that's a solid most of the game so we should probably do that um but to not do that (laughs) uh i'm still gonna count this under like mechanical discussion so that it ties thematically with the rest Uh uh-huh but it's something that we barely touched on as a joke at the very end of the first half which you guys heard about 30 seconds ago Mm -hmm. uh which was the fact that when it offers you dialogue choices, I love that when you hover over it, it gives you context to what you're saying. Mm-hmm. It solves a problem that I feel like a lot of games just do have where you don't like you don't know what your dialogue option is going to come out as because they have to summarize it in some way. Mm-hmm. The fact that they don't in this game is a is a big 
plus i think yeah and it also benefits like the world building and stuff because if you forget what a proper noun means you can just hover the mouse over it and it tells you yep and i like that they took advantage of it with tizo who you communicate with entirely through that mechanic yeah so yeah yeah i like that a lot as well yeah, just wanted to to throw that in there before we got too far away from it because it's very good and cool, and I'm glad that they did it. Mm-hmm. Uh, just Super Giant has like a, a history of paying attention to details, and the way that they implemented that in like an actionable way in this game is really nice. Yeah. Uh, so mechanics. I have a question for you that I've resisted asking you this whole time. What is your question? (laughs) My question is, you play this with a controller. I sure did. When you play this with a controller, when you move the control stick, does your character move? Yes. Okay. The PC version, when played with a mouse and keyboard, controls like a MOBA, where Uh. you click where you want to go and your character just goes there. Interesting. Yeah. And it was, I have the world's most limited experience with MOBAs. I don't like them like as a genre of game, Mm -hmm. mostly because the experience of playing them against other human beings is fucking misery. Uh, And I realize that's not super popular. League of Legends is like the number one game on Twitch at all times. Mm -hmm. But... I don't like playing them. Uh, I, I don't like playing them against people, etc. So I avoided them. And I also don't play like Warcraft style games, like stra- like mm-hmm. uh, strategy games, yeah. like we're uh, in the Starcraft. Same, we're in the same boat. Yeah. So it was, I fucked up so many times because I would just like, like when you pass to another player mm-hmm. what i would do is i would be holding the mouse in the direction i want to go and holding down the click button so that he would that your character would just always be moving mm-hmm. but when you pass to somebody your mouse stays in the same place so they wouldn't go the direction i wanted them to go immediately and they would like walk off in another direction and get killed or something and that happened so many times and i was like why am i not playing this with a controller and i realized it was because i'd been playing for 6 hours already when i realized this might be be different <laughs> yeah and i didn't want to relearn the mm. controls yeah i i did not play at all with keyboard and mouse mm-hmm. so i can't speak to the actual quality of that but it sounds terrible yeah. to me <laughs> um yeah, usually with Steam games, if you can reasonably play the game with a controller, I do. So yeah, I I just play this with a controller. Yeah, I, and honestly, I mean, I'm sure that the different input methods appeal differently to different people. Yeah, but the one that I chose mm-hmm. by not using a controller uh, was not the one for me. I didn't hate it. Like, mm-hmm. like, I didn't think that it was miserable to play, but it did make me realize that a lot of the stuff I was doing isn't as precise as I would have wanted it to be, I guess. It felt yeah. more mushy. It made playing multiple characters, like, effectively harder. Yeah. But that's the controls. The controls on PC are fucking weird, uh, just so that you're aware. Yeah, that kind of surprises me, because... I played Transistor with mouse and keyboard, and I know you played it with a controller, yep. and I felt the opposite about that game, where it seemed like it would have been asked to control it with a controller. So, I can kind of see that also, uh, but Transistor pl- has like the Hotline Miami problem, where you're trying to aim 
with right. the controller in like a radial yeah, way. Yeah, I say like that's so much better with a mouse. Yeah. Uh, whereas this one is like base character movement, which feels better with a stick nine times out of ten, unless you're playing it a first person game. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that's that was my thing. The controls are weird on the PC. Like, so normally when you are playing a character, like a 3D character moving game, mm-hmm. you would use WASD for movement. The only of those keys that is used is W. Uh, which is your jump button, space passes, shift is your dash, T is the salute, uh, and then right click is your aura. Okay. Yeah. So it's super strange uh, to play, and I'm sure is way more natural to somebody who has experience with strategy games, but like to RTS games. But for me, it is uh, very foreign, and it, it I kept screwing it up. Yeah, that's so weird to me that you can't like just move around. <laughs> yeah, you given have to... that you can do that if you use a controller, like that's a really weird decision. Yeah, like stopping was not a thing my characters ah, could do. That's so I had weird. to move the mouse to the other side of them and click again to get them not yeah. to move. That's so weird. Yeah, but. I'm curious then, like, how you played the game, because I know the way that I played had to have been, like, super fucking weird and not at all what, like, the developers intended. Okay. So, like, I'm curious what, like, uh, your, like, your flow with this game was like. Right. So, I know for a fact that your character preferences were different than mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really liked the tanky characters, um, like, my favorite characters to play were uh Bertrude, Volfred, and Jodario. Mm-hmm. And uh they have big auras, like there's a lot of room to sort of move around. Volfred I think is fascinating. Um he was probably my least favorite. <laughs> like I hated controlling him. Yeah. And if your character could move uh, like with the analog stick, I feel like you'd probably fall more to my side because they're painfully slow. Yeah, he's extremely slow. Well, my guy just moves all the time. the The trick True, with him yeah. is his like his blink, like the the teleport ability. Yeah, is really neat. Um, it's not super great for avoiding damage, but he has that shield thing, yeah. which I know I didn't get used to as much as I could have. Yeah. But if I did, I think I would like him even more. Yeah, I always plopped it on the on the ball or, like, right in front of the goal. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, the, the sapling. Yeah, is that not what you were talking about? No, he is, like, a damage oh, reflector. Yeah, okay, yeah. That. Yeah. Okay. Uh, which is, like, it's great because the, the reason I like those characters is because they're very hot and cold. They aren't all-rounders. Yeah. I liked Bertrude, though. Like Bertrude's great, Bertrude, yeah. I think, is just the best me- character mechanically because <laughs> she's fast has a big aura and her like aura shot is like huge it's like a big cone it's like she has the best of all the different kinds of character classes except the ones that can fly yeah and her uh uh, her jump does the thing that the the demon jump does as well which like it pushes people back Mm -hmm. um which is cool and like can be used strategically um yeah and that's also one of the reasons that i like jodario is because that jump is really good uh, her shift is an amazing like uh, uh, offensive move because her R is so big. As long as the character you're going up against is not also a demon, you can always just kind of shift into their path to kill them uh, after they've used like some cooldown, so they like can't really do anything about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was really it, I don't know. It was fun. I liked the interaction between the sapling and all the other characters because it would like 
it, the aura grows when it intersects your own. Mm-hmm. So you can like sneakily go around to the side and like touch it and it grows this way and kills this guy. Yeah. Yeah, it's just good shit. I I really like that aspect of it. But the characters that you liked also serve a purpose on my team as well because the like having a runner is really important when you're down a player. Mm-hmm. Uh so Rookie, uh Gilman and Pamatha were characters that i always liked i put the talismans on them that like healed your pyre Mm -hmm. when they scored so that they were always like the secondary choice that would go and get in when i was down someone yeah and yeah so i played very like the opposite where i liked the really fast offensive ones less so than the defensive ones Mm -hmm. um and i kind of played the game like you have to play it when you do the scribe trials like i almost never passed the ball (laughs) Like, I would always try and, like, like I would, like, get one of the fast characters, like, uh, like one of the humans or Rookie, or I, like, got the flying with Pamatha felt, like, OP the first half of the game to me. Like, I used her all the time. Uh, and I would, like, try and, like, run it up to the top or the bottom and, like, try to draw the other team away from their goal and kind of, like, go back and forth between them and then just kind of, <laughs> like, make a path for myself to just kind of run it in. Like, right. I almost never threw the ball into the goal. Like, I always just kind of, like, swooped around and ran into it. That would also probably be a lot easier with a controller. Um, oh, yeah. Because in my experience, when you have a character who's really fast or has, like, a... Uh, like a what's the fucking word I want to use? Like a slippery run? Like a character who slides when you turn? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Drift. Yeah, when they have, when they have Tokyo Drift. Uh-huh. Uh, I would overshoot the goal and end up behind it. Yeah, you got to adjust for that. Yeah. But you can go into the goal from the back, so. But if your movement is based entirely on yeah. <laughs> where you've clicked last, <laughs> it becomes a lot harder. I think the, the solution yeah. is actually to click on the goal. And just have them run to it. <laughs> yeah. But I never thought to do that because I was so, like, concentrated on, like, moving it mm-hmm. in the direction I needed them to turn. Yeah. So I... I um... It was, like, warthog movement, kind of. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, no, I, I kind of compared it to the way that I actually like to play actual football if I ever play it, which is never nowadays. Do you mean football or football? <laughs> I mean American football. Okay. Um, so... Like, I always liked rushing the ball, like mm-hmm. getting the ball thrown to me and trying to just run fast enough or then like around other people. And that's kind of how I played this. Like, I tried right. to like create an opening and run through it to the goal. Right. Is how I liked to play it. I mean, I think that's a reasonable uh, strategy as well. I yeah. mean, that's why those characters exist. Right. right? But like, like playing against the other teams, though, and the way like the AI plays and how they're like smartly passing to like manipulate their auras and stuff. And I'm like, I can tell there's a really deep intended system <laughs> here that I am just not touching. Yeah. Because that's the other thing with the defensive characters is that when they have the ball, they're fucking useless. Uh, and so what you have to do is pass yeah. in order to reactivate their offensive capabilities so that you don't just die. Yeah. Um, the There's depth here that I know I didn't scratch the surface oh, of. Yeah. I didn't even begin to. Yeah. <laughs> like, the uh, aura casting is, is actually way more interesting than it is described in game. Uh, because, like, they, they basically say, like, this is your ranged offensive option. Mm-hmm. I used those a lot. Yeah, I did too. But the fact that like different characters have different charge times and power casting lets you shoot the aura faster and recovers your uh like extended aura more mm-hmm. um or more quickly is 
big. Like it's that that is like a a, a strategic element that I found myself realizing I was I wasn't paying attention to because I would fuck it up. Like you would, somebody would be coming toward you, and I would charge the aura cast, and they would just get to me before I could shoot it and kill me. And it, it was there's I want to talk about the mechanics of this game in relation to my experience with them, mm-hmm. but I also want to say like I'm not an expert at this. Oh yeah, n- me and neither. I feel like you could dedicate time to become an expert at this, and it would probably be very rewarding. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's like my takeaway, I guess. Yeah, and I really like that there are very obviously noticeable and easy to like wrap your head around like differences between the characters. Mm-hmm. You know, like there are very few that feel like they do the exact same thing as the others. So I just I thought that was. Maybe not impressive, but I really appreciated that because I feel like a lot of games wouldn't have them as fleshed out and as like differentiated from each other as this. Yeah, I I also want to do a special shout out to the masteries, which we talked about earlier as being all sort of additive and not really like that affecting like for the game. Mm -hmm. And I agree with that. But I do like their implementation because very few of them are, like, just stat buffs. Mm -hmm. Like, a lot of them are new abilities and new improvements to your existing abilities in ways that are very cool. Like, right before I sent Faye back, uh, she got to level 5 and I unlocked a mastery for increasing her power jump to make her go further. Mm -hmm. And it is fucking silly. Like you power jump with her and you go halfway across the goddamn map. Like it's insane. And that's totally different than any other character in the way that they work. Um, And yet she still like plays similarly to a head one. Yeah. Like it's, it's, they did a really good job of differentiating uh, even though everyone has a similar move set. I feel like those abilities would feel like they added a lot more if you actually use the um the dark constellations like the uh they're like the titan stars yeah the titan stars the um they're like limiters did you not use the titan stars i used like there were like they all seemed like they would modify the gameplay in such a way that wouldn't be any fun or interesting (laughs) to me so there were two of them that i tried that sounded like they wouldn't be ass and i used them for a couple of matches i tried using them both at the same time and i just they just didn't really do much for me i mean they don't do a whole lot i yeah. feel like if you don't... i didn't like in infect my enjoyment of the game i didn't think so i just stopped using them i did want to talk about them because i feel like it's so there's three base difficulty levels of the game mm-hmm. there's like don't fucking don't fuck with me i just came here to talk to dudes Mm -hmm. there's uh normal play the game as a video game uh and your opponents will do whatever the ai is programmed to do there's challenging like the hard version where everyone is a little bit smarter and they do more of that complicated stuff that we were talking about how we didn't do Mm -hmm. and then there's true nightwing and i love the way that they handled true nightwing mode because one of them like, one of the, the things that they do with it, keep in mind, I didn't play on this. I just unlocked the difficulty when I beat the game. So um, I don't know how it, the actual experience is. But they force you to take Titan Stars, uh-huh. uh, like some of them, like specific ones, which 
I feel like the Titan Stars are a weird middle ground for difficulty where you basically have the option to change your difficulty without changing the actual difficulty setting, yeah. which you can also change, which is super strange. Yeah. Uh, the There are some of them, like the statistical ones I felt were like free, like uh, playing with... Um, uh, your pyre starting at 30 less and theirs at 30 more mm-hmm. didn't really change a whole lot as far as the game goes. If you're going to stomp them at 100, you're going to stomp them at 130 also. Right. Um, and, but then there are some of them that are very cool but made the game very fucking hard. Uh, the the Ill Rush or whatever, the <laughs> one that the Bog people uh-huh. uh, worship just seems to increase the difficulty level by one stage. Like, every time that I would turn that on, like, it's just, the opponent just did more shit. Like, they would pass and run around, and I'd be like, I don't know what's happening. Uh (laughs) And then there's one that, like, whenever you banish all three of them, they just instantly come back instead of having to wait. Mm -hmm. And that changes your play completely. Like, it's, it's a totally different game experience. So I actually really liked some of them. I felt like... They were some of them were too intimidating, and those ones were the coolest ones. Mm-hmm. So when I didn't want to lose and didn't want to replay, I wouldn't do the cool shit. But when I wanted to do the cool shit, I felt like I was getting more out of it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they pretty much all felt too intimidating to me. But I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm sure like I like that they're there. I think more options is pretty much always a good thing, mm-hmm. and there are going to be people that get a lot of enjoyment out of those. And there were a couple that I did like, so, but I just didn't. It wasn't really something I was looking for. Uh, was the next to last right of the game for you also just like a nothing? Like the team didn't show up? Yeah. Okay. I, I wasn't sure if that was like specifically because of the team or the location I chose. No, no. That happened to me too. Okay. So I think that's forced. I wish I had known that because I would have totally cheated the... Uh, <laughs> The achievement system and turned all the all the uh, the titans on because I did get an achievement uh, for doing I think it was like beat the thing in less than four or four or fewer uh, dunks mm-hmm. whatever you want to call them goals yeah uh, and I was like oh shit this counts <laughs> like I should reload the checkpoint and turn all the titan stars mm. on. but that's just that's sixteen year old Chad speaking right. Talking about getting those chivas. <laughs> those sweet, sweet chivas. <laughs> uh, uh, so I wanted to talk about the fact that you could describe this as a sports game. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if that's something that you find interesting at all about this, but um, I don't like sports games pretty much just as a general rule. And that's and I, I really liked Transistor, have always been interested in Bastion and just never gotten around to it. But this game, I was always like, uh, like, I don't like soccer or basketball games. This seems like some kind of weird combination of those sports. Yeah. I don't really care, even though I like Supergiant. And I'm sure that, like, it's probably more interesting than I would guess. But I don't know. I just that was a big turnoff for me. And actually playing it, it's way more arcadey. Um, I think I watched, um, mentioned it on. A, like one of the last couple episodes we did but uh there's an errant signal video on sports games and he said something that seems really obvious in retrospect but it's 
I think the reason why I don't tend to like things like NBA, like 2K, Madden, that kind of stuff, it's because they're just as much as they're about the sport, they're about emulating watching the sport. Right. They have the commentators, they have the sponsors, they have, you know, like it's emulating like watching the sport on TV. And I think that's just the like, cameras like always pulled yeah, back it's for a, like a full view. It's the same view as you get on the television. That That's just always been like a weird disconnect for me. And like, I just cannot engage with those games. And this is obviously free of those issues. Yeah. I mean, it has similar ideas behind it. I do agree with you. I think because by and large, I don't like sports games, but I will concede a point in that the like the more ridiculous and arcadey the game is the more likely i am to be able to engage with it mm-hmm. i've played there are games on my like top 10 favorite games of all time list that i have played less than i played nhl hits 2003 <laughs> like i fucking loved that game and the reason is because it isn't actually like hockey it's because it is like playing like a weird fighting game like where you have to like navigate this thing and then make a crazy power play right like i love that type of thing yeah. and i think that sports is like a uh, like with the games we call sports uh-huh. are they are games that have survived this long for a reason and have good rule sets and are fun to play but the more realistic it is the more i just don't yeah give the a more shit. simulation-y they are yeah and yeah. this game solves that problem by being fucking wild and being oh, yeah. a different well, game well yeah and it's like it's its own fantasy sport mm-hmm. um which i i think it it just it's designed to be a video game and it wasn't like an actual sport first which helps it out even more i think how did you feel about uh like sort of on that same thing uh when you play a sport when you play football Mm -hmm. or football or football yeah you play on a regulation size court Mm -hmm. or you know field field, whatever it is uh for whatever sport you're playing Mm -hmm. and in this game they have like stage hazards uh which change depending on which location you're in Uh how did you feel about those and did they affect your choices and stuff um they were pretty much a non-factor for me (laughs) okay um the only thing that ever tripped me up was actually just, I think, like the bump mapping or whatever you call it <laughs> on, I think, the Liberation Right field had these little crystals in, like, one of the bottom corners that I got stuck on, like, three separate times at least. Mm-hmm. That was the only friction I ever had with, like, hazards. And in the Scribe Trials there was like some obstacles in there that I just thought were part of the background. Yes. But those are the only two things that ever affected me at all yeah the scribe trials were fucking terrible for that reason <laughs> i hated that that, yeah. that court See, like it, that tripped me up like one time and then it was fine forever they the ones on the on the in the corners yeah basically faded from my vision mm. completely it's it's especially notable on like like gilman and rookie for me were like and they ended up being like two of the hardest ones for me because i couldn't like not get stuck on uh. on shit it was i don't know it, it wasn't like so terrible but that's the one that i point as a standout bad example for me mm-hmm. uh but at least that's the scribe trials and, and not, not a actual, regular court yeah which you can retry as many times as you want 
the ones, uh, the regular quartz, I think, are all very cool. It, the one I wanted to call out, and almost the whole reason that I brought it up, uh, was the one with the candles. I fucking love candles. Yeah, so they're like little pucks with a with a flame on them mm. that I viewed as tea lights, but I don't know if other people would. Uh-huh. Uh, that you can run into and they like will slide around. Mm-hmm. God, that was cool. The fact that you could basically, like, shove cover in front of people or, like, block somebody off by, like, running with it. Mm-hmm. It was just a neat little mechanic. And, like, because they block your, uh, our, like, yours and others' ours, and uh, just, like, general, they just act as regular, mm-hmm. like, other terrain. Uh, but they were mobile, and it was cool. The imp one that you had less control over yeah, the was ones. fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That stuff was never really a factor for me. I mean, I guess that's fair. Like, the the one during the intro uh, part, and I'm sad that it didn't really... It didn't play out as, like, interestingly on future, like, going back to it, was the one in the forest where, like, the, the gnarled trees grew oh, in yeah. until, like, the play space became really small. Mm-hmm. I thought that was also a cool decision. Yeah, that, that one stands out. I forgot about that one. Yeah. But yeah, a lot of them, like the ones with like just the crystals and shit, like, I don't know. Yeah. It's just, they're just obstacles. Yeah, just the hitbox on those crystals in the corner. It's just real big. Gotta patch that out. (laughs) I got stuck on that too many times. Super giant. I see you. (laughs) Now that you've already released another game since this one, please go back and change this. Yeah, yeah, Hades. Oh, I haven't even heard of that. Oh, man. Somehow. I think that's them. Maybe I'm high. Let's find out. I mean, you're probably right. But I, d- I don't. I was gonna ask you that off cast if, if they had any upcoming games. Yes, it is them. Mm, that flew under my radar completely. So, is it a card game? It's a roguelike. Oh, that's probably what it is. Yeah, you saw roguelike well, and immediately turned again, into I, a gray square. I, I didn't think I'd like this one, so maybe I should play it. Yeah, uh, Supergiant has a way of making things that you. When they make things that I think I'll like, I don't like them. And when they make things I don't think I'll like, I like them. So mm-hmm. let's, I guess we can fucking try it out. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so video games. Court, we talked about. Sports, we talked about. Um, here's something we didn't talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we were talking about the liberation rights a bit ago. And uh, how... Well, it doesn't matter what we were talking about, because I'm just using this as a terrible segue. Uh When you enter the liberation rites, they do this whole ceremony. There's a gatekeeper there, uh, and she will ask, like, your name and whatever. And she builds this relationship with Tariq. Mm -hmm. The lone minstrel. The lone minstrel, uh, who travels with you, and is, like, the source of diegetic music in the game. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, I guess that every team has like a, a a band basically that follows them around and plays their fight song. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And God damn it, every single song in this game was so good. Yeah, it's just kind. Of, it's one of those things that Supergiant's known for, and I think the um the gatekeeper woman is the same voice as uh, Red for Red. Transistor. Which I didn't notice until I was watching a review, and I'm like, oh, that is totally her voice. <laughs> and I didn't even notice uh, in-game. But, uh, yeah, and, like, the lone minstrel will sing a couple songs when you're just, like, traversing the world map mm-hmm. and stuff. Like, 
no, yeah, t- I loved that. Yeah. And the fact that, like, in the Liberation Rites, uh, the song they play has lyrics, and the lyrics change depending on who you're going up against, mm-hmm. which is very cool. And it, it, like, the traveling music, when their lyrics also, like, changes depending on like what decisions you've made Mm -hmm. uh it's it's super dynamic and cool and i also like the fact that when characters are speaking they have instrumentation assigned to them as well uh the most obviously the most notable one is barker ashpaz who brings drums into it they get electric guitar yeah like well the regular song has electric guitar that's always playing right then when he comes in in, then like the drums (laughs) it just fucking starts blasting yeah dynamic tracks yeah uh which isn't like super unique but because the music is so well written it like sort of meshes here yeah when you execute it well it's still Mm -hmm. it's still real good and i want to call out the credit song for having those lyrics but being the only example of them being (laughs) feeling really forced oh yeah i see i liked that i did too it was corny in the way that you think of a minstrel song being corny yeah it's just the other ones that they sang before that weren't <laughs> yeah you're like oh these are cool yeah they sing uh, they sing about your like your team of adventurers and i don't know it just i don't know i don't i lack the vocabulary to describe it but it just <laughs> feels very like classic minstrel song to yeah me. Well, no, yeah, and I, I don't disagree. i just th- i thought it was very funny when yeah. i was because like the credits were rolling and i kind of like wasn't paying super close attention and then it got to Rookie's verse and I remember Rookie Green Tail <laughs> <laughs> Like lines felt like they were fifty syllables too long. Like it was <laughs> Yeah, it almost kinda of feels like, like this is a thing that church hymns will do. It's like they'll they'll have a bunch of verses for whatever reason, mm. and some of them feel like yeah, like they're just like free form where they just like throw in way too many words. I'm sure there's a, a like a name for that, mm-hmm. but yeah, they do that in this. Like however, they just however much they have to sing about that character, they jam it all in they just there. Put it all in this four bars. It's yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, I really enjoyed it. I'm gonna have a hell of a time like choosing music for this episode for that reason, because mm-hmm. uh, just so many of them are are great. Uh, how do you how do you think this game looks? Uh, I love this the look of this. Also, a thing that Supergiant is known for is really great visuals. But I really liked the character design. I was kind of surprised they didn't have more poses, and they were just one. Uh, drawing to yeah. re- illustration to represent them but character designs were great uh the the world map i've mentioned it already but it looks like a 60s album cover <laughs> like it's so cool in the way it like transitions through all the different uh like locations like in with all the like, each one has the titan in it and it's hard to describe. Just look up a picture of it if you haven't seen it. Like you'll know what I'm talking about. It's it's great and it's really cool to like move through it yeah. in the little wagon. And we've already brought up the Banner Saga weirdly enough, but it it reminds me of that um, how like your characters will like move across a map and it's like abstracted like that. Um, you have little stops. You know, it's almost like you can trace it back to like Oregon Trail or right. something. But I just I don't know. That was just really cool for me and like the visuals are really what sold that 
Yeah. The the animation also on the wagon and stuff yeah. uh, and in game. Like in game it, it feels like it's a lot more precise so as to like not abstract and like obscure the way the gameplay works. Mm-hmm. But outside of it like everything's kind of like like the wagon feels old and rickety yeah, and like it it's about to fall around. apart. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and like I like being able to bump into the other wagons on the world map. Mhm. Of the world map, for me, it reminds me of, I had this when I was a kid, I had this, like, J.R.R. Tolkien illustrated encyclopedia, and if you open the front cover, like, there's a spread across it that is, like, a map of... Middle Earth. That's the one. Uh, and it, it feels like that. It feels like it's, like, when you look at the map holistically, like, it has these little markers to indicate all of the landmarks and stuff, it feels like like a topographical map of the area it's just very like very fantasy in the way that i imagine like pulp fantasy is mm-hmm. uh it's it, just really well yeah, designed and it's just like the complexity at which it's illustrated without being overwhelming like it's really impressive in a way i don't think i can describe to you unless mm-hmm. you are an artist already <laughs> like it's just it would be so hard to draw an illustration that dense and have it read as well as this one does. And it's just really impressive. Yeah. I completely agree with you on these things that don't require you to be an artist to understand. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> and honestly, I don't have a whole lot else to say visually because I agree mostly. I think it's, it's really good. I find a couple, uh, I, I, f- I think a couple more, like, poses and stuff would have g- gone a long way. Yeah, you usually get that sort of thing in, a, like, a visual novel where, like, the mm-hmm. characters will have different poses for different uh, expressions, even if it's not that many. Yeah. This one, they, like, change facial expressions occasionally. Uh, and then they had, what, a pose for them and then a pose for them wearing the raiments, and that's about it. Yep. Uh, but, yeah. It, like, yeah, the character designs were all very cool. I like the fact that, like, Volfred is, like, full of holes. Like, he just, like, like parts of him are, like, yeah. rotted out. Yeah, uh, I like that there are actually, like, original fantasy races here, and we don't have, like, the usual stand-ins. Yeah. Like, dwarves and elves and things. Like, we get dog people. Yeah, we get do- well, I mean, they're, uh, well, just, they're just dogs. dogs. Sentient dogs. <laughs> yeah. Or human adjacent consciousness level dogs yes um you get worm (laughs) men you get like valkyrie style like bird women yeah um you do get tree folk which are classic fantasy people uh not a common one but they are a classic demon people yeah it's just really cool yeah yeah i never understood the demon thing are they they're people that have been in the downside for for a a long time they grow horns okay And they're just all really big because why not? I get, you just get bigger. I don't know. You, bulk you, up. you mutate. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I wasn't sure if they were a separate, like, uh, demographic race or if they were just regular dudes yeah, who've been there for a long yep, time. Just people. Uh, but yeah, no, the yeah, character's great. I liked all of them. Uh, or all the designs, anyway. Seems like it's time for fire thoughts um i think i've kind of sprinkled my final thoughts evenly throughout uh us talking um as i said earlier 
I would need to replay Transistor to know kind of like how it, this compares, but I, I at least like it as much as that, maybe a little bit more. Um, was really surprised to find the visual novel elements and like the world map traversal and stuff, and that added a surprising amount to the experience for me. Like I liked that there was something to balance out the the very like segmented uh, rights uh, challenges. Um, I like that it, of games that I can think of, this is one of the ones where it feels like your choices matter the most, because it actually, like, depends, it changes who gets to go home, it actually changes the story, the character interactions, the ending, uh, and as I said, you can lose, and the story keeps going and acknowledges that, like, there's just a lot of elements there that actually feel meaningful and make you want to replay it. Uh, so I think Supergiant has lived up to their reputation here and created a really unique, interesting, cool game uh, that I liked quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, something that we didn't spend a whole lot of time on uh, that I want to use as sort of like my thesis for why I think this game is good uh, is what you were just mentioning about you feel like your choices matter. And a lot of why that is is because of the mechanic of the liberation rights, the fact that you choose characters to send home is not wholly unique, but very strong. It's very strongly implemented in this game because of the divide between the really strong character writing and the mechanical experience of playing like in the rights, you always have to make a decision based not just on who you don't need at the moment or who you like the most to send back. It is constantly weighing on you and it makes the decisions actually hard and it makes you actually care. And so all of the things that you do from the uh, traveling around and making decisions on where to go your gameplay, who you like, what you put your points into, like your masteries and uh, how much you enjoy playing the character, all meshes together really well and makes even the weaker parts of this game feel like they're contributing to this greater whole. Uh, so yeah, I su super enjoyed this game. Uh, is my favorite super giant game. Uh, uh, yes, like it, recommend. <laughs> buy it <laughs> <laughs> thank you for listening to no clip this week what are we talking about next time next time we're gonna be talking about tony hawk's pro skater tony hawk's pro skater 2 pro skater 3 pro skater 4 tony hawk's underground tony hawk's underground 2 tony hawk's american wasteland we're doing a classic tony hawk retrospective uh if some games don't get talked about a whole lot or some games are too hard to find <laughs> or maybe we just have some weirder ones laying around we might throw those in as well but the goal is to talk about the main series games prior to project eight so uh <laughs> i'm gonna have a good time i hope everyone else does but that's less important to me than how much fun i'm gonna have mm-hmm uh, until sorry, I was like so caught up in that I forgot my I, I my script. Tell, yeah. 
until that time, you can get a hold of us. All of our contact information is on our website at noclippodcast.com or on splattershot.pro. <laughs> There you can find uh, all, links to all of our old episodes. Uh, you can find where to listen to us outside of whatever you're currently doing. We're on iTunes. We're on Google Play. Uh, you can find a link to our YouTube where you can like and subscribe and hit that bell. Uh, and whew, we, uh, you could listen to the Transistor episode, I guess. Mm, but I wouldn't. So old, yeah. So <laughs> just be be warned that it was an early episode and we didn't really know what we were doing. Back and we then. recorded it in a big echoey room <laughs> with one microphone. Yeah. It was a good time. Uh, is there anything that you would compare this to that we've done in the past? Ooh. Hold on. I don't. I don't know. Probably not. <laughs> I don't know, is... something that's visual novel-esque, or that would be the only thing I could really think of. There's nothing that's like this mechanically that we've played. Not really. Maybe like Catherine is like, Catherine? it's visual novel and it's mechanics okay, yeah. meshed together to like, like that part of it I can kind of see. Okay. It's not mechanically like it, and I hated playing Catherine, but that's... <laughs> It's a very different uh, right. conversation. Let's just go with that, then. Sure. That's probably not the one yeah. I'm going to put in the recommended yeah. on the thumbnail. Yeah. Dear, dear listener, you peruse the catalog and you see what sounds interesting to you. Yeah. This game was a lot like Bugs Bunny. Crazy Maybe Castle. <laughs> yeah. Or you could join our Discord and suggest a game in our suggestions tab. You absolutely could do that. All right. Just dunk that ball into the pyre, ladies and gentlemen. The pie named the subscribe button. Yes. Both the like and subscribe button are prepared. Are, are the two pyres that yeah. you had to smash. <laughs> da, 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 da. Welcome to Noclip. I'm Noclip. I'm Podcast. And today... We're going to be talking... About... Chips Challenge. <laughs> 